listening to the New Century Multiverse, The Princess Thieves. Chapter 21 Voices in the Fog Some sixteen hours later, several miles west, in Buckingham Palace, after having confronted her father and coming up against the truth that she was born with no responsibilities whatsoever and was facing a return to that state should she make the least bit of trouble for those planning to conquer Europe, Gwendolen sat before Dr. Marcus his metronome ticking back and forth as he questioned her on the events of the past few days. I heard word of someone calling themselves Lady Catherine in London this week. Would you know anything about that, Gwendolyn? Just a name I thought of. Bringing back imaginary friends is deeply unhealthy. We'll get rid of her again. In the periphery of her blurred vision, Gwendolyn saw a little girl she used to know crossing her bedroom to sit at the table and share a pot of tea. Any sickness? Headaches? Fainting fits? I was passing a bakery and caught such a strong scent of freshly cooking bread. My breathing got quick and that's when my head exploded. Oh, it hurts so much. Yes, it's all these unhelpful memories of the past that set you off. We have to put them away or you won't stay well. My mother, my father, I still haven't found them. They're gone, gal. You know that. Edward is gone. Miss Hathaway is gone. Trying to find them is a pretense unbecoming of such an important monarch. Don't entertain such fancies. Focus on your adopted family. Now look into this grey light. No. No is not a word a lady uses. Now let me work. Look into this light and remember who you really are. The world was spinning. The fog had closed in. Her breathing was cold. She was alone. Marcus's voice came booming through the curling mist. For queen and country, Gwendolyn. For queen and country. Your participation is required. She held on to her anchor. The thing keeping her mind in the present. Robin. One of England's greatest heroes. He died a thousand years ago. A legend, to be sure, but nothing more than that. No, he was real. He... I loved him. A daydream girl, a fantasy you must now wake up from. Remember who you really are. Remember who you really are. The grey mists parted, and Marcus stood there in her mind. Stern, authoritative, implacable, towering over her. 
She was seven. She was Catherine. She was Princess Gwendolyn. Then, from behind Marcus, a Duarte boy stepped into view. Ragged clothes, bare feet, blonde hair, blue eyes. He spoke. For what it's worth, Lady Catherine, I still believe in you. <sighs> With a cry, Gwen leaped forward and grabbed Dr. Marcus by the collar. <gasps> The mists rushed apart, and his face was suddenly painted brightly with alarm. I remember who I really am. Ow! Gwendolyn punched him sharply in the face, just as Viola crept in through the bedroom doors. The guards, dazed from a light, confused spell, began to turn. Ow! Ah! I remember who I really am. No disturbing the princess, gentlemen. This is very delicate medical work. Back to your posts. The doors closed behind her, and Gwendolyn beamed at Viola. She still had hold of Marcus's collar, though he had slumped into a daze. Viola dived into Gwen's arms. Oh, sweet Viola, had you come to rescue me? Yes. I was gearing up to be all heroic, but you appear to have done it yourself. The doctor groaned and came around, then went to shout. But Viola cast a whip-quick silence spell. Now listen here, doctor. I've never known exactly what you do to dear Gwendolyn. And that's the truth, my darling. But I've suspected for a long time that your finagling with her brain is what was making the pain worse, not better. I want it all gone. Do you hear me, sir? All of it. All the fog, all the blockage, the pain. I want my mind clear. Here, let me get that for you. <laughs> but... Call for help, and I'll cast a silent spell on you so deep, you'll never speak again. What? But... I... But you must understand, you're asking me to undo a decade of exceptionally complex mental rearrangement. It's like asking me to renovate a mansion in an afternoon. Try. I may not be able to bring everything back. I may not be able to entirely get rid of the pain. Are you sure about this, Gwendolyn? I'm sure. I want to remember my past without fear, without others meddling. Very well. Miss Hearthstone, I suggest you step back and try not to get too involved. You could do more damage than help. The metronome came on again. Over the next hour, Marcus, good to his word, stepped stealthily through the mind palace of the girl who had been named Catherine, and cleared away artifice and supposition, scoured out untruths and clarified half-truths. Gwendolyn sat, eyes open, gaze firm. Viola watched her with an unsettling blend of admiration and pity. Somewhere in the middle of it, she had a brainwave, and called in one of the guards for a quiet discussion. When Marcus was finished, he surveyed the hallway one last time, stepped out of the front door of her mind, and closed it behind him, never to return. 
The gardens were free of fog, and the woman who would be queen sat quietly and comfortably at long last. Viola bade Marcus go and lie on the bed, casting a hard sleep on him when he did so. It was imperative that he neither hear or see what was about to happen. The little Duarte took several sherbet lemons from her pouch and crammed them into her mouth. Gwen, are you all right? Ow! I cut my tongue! I, um... Yeah. All right. What did we do over the past few days? Simon here would like to know. She indicated the guard Gwendolyn had fought a week ago, and who was standing to attention before them. Gwendolyn described all the events in detail, rather too much detail at times, and Viola had to hurry her through the sexual congress. Viola was satisfied. The doctor had done his work as promised, and this was the Gwen she knew. So, what's your plan now? What time is it? Just gone six bells. Good lord. Robin will be dead in fourteen hours. We have to break him and the rest of them out of the Tower of London. Simon, can you muster enough guards loyal to me to do that? It's patrolled by fire-casting Dwight, Your Highness. The human soldiers I might get together will be burnt to a crisp in moments. Could we sneak in? If I may, Your Highness, I believe Miss Viola has a rather irregular plan. What is it, Vi? Every minute we waste is one less chance. I have to get dressed for battle now. Where are you going to go? Who can we ask for help? Well, now, what about Oberon? Is it possible he escaped capture? And we should get to the Thirsty Hog, too, and see if he or anyone else is there. And now that I think about it, we really should call on... Melaine. Melaine. It would definitely be advantageous to have such a powerful wizard on our side. But we have to hurry. Let me get dressed while you tell me your plan. She crossed to the wardrobe and pulled on her favourite riding clothes, which gave her freedom of movement, as well as looking rather fine. She finished it with her favourite red coat, and then took out her toughened blue leather gloves. She paused over these for a moment, and then, smiling to herself, snipped off all the fingers in honour of Robin's mitts. Pulling them on, she thought to herself... These are the gloves of a thief. She turned back to Viola and Simon and got the shock of her life. There, perched upon the chair she had been in before, wearing her dressing gown, sat Princess Gwendolyn. Oh! There was no sign of Simon, and Viola was smiling proudly. Gwendolyn moved forward and crouched before her doppelganger in amazement. It spoke. I've studied the way you move and the way you speak. I think I can do a pretty good impersonation for a day or so. Gwen was overcome with gratitude. Simon, you are the sweetest man I have ever known. She leaned forward and kissed herself on the lips. It was an odd sight that Viola had difficulty scrubbing from her mind later. But are you sure? Once this disguise drops, which could be any time, you could be charged with treason. No. No, your mind witch manipulated me into doing all this, remember? Gwen looked across at Viola, who shrugged. I'm already going to be branded a traitor. So, I suppose, in for a copper, in for a gold. Viola closed her eyes in concentration, and the real Gwendolyn's face began to change, the jawline squaring away, as her curvy body drew itself into more masculine lines, and the person standing there 
resembled Simon. The Gwen doppelganger spoke once more. That's uncanny. I'm... It's a little bit weird looking at myself, actually. Wow. I rather like this body. Come on, Princess. Get going. Take my hat. Save your outlaw. Grab him on the way out. Gwen posing as Simon straightened up, and with little difficulty lifted up the sleeping form of Dr. Marcus from the bed. She barged through the doors, and Viola shouted at the remaining guard outside. Oh, the princess only went and punched his lights out. Her fits are getting worse. I'd let her sleep if I were you. She's very nervous about this wedding tomorrow. Anyway, we need to get this man some smelling salts, so we'll be back shortly. Right you are, Mom. And with that, Gwen cradling the slumbering mesmerist, they made their way to the library and escaped through their most secret of tunnels. Princess Gwendolyn, performed by Theo Lee. Viola, performed by Loretta Saylor. Dr. Marcus, performed by Matt Ramsey. Old Mech, performed by Maureen Foley. And Simon, performed by Paul Davies, of the Retro Asylum podcast, which I thoroughly recommend you listen to. The Princess Thieves theme was Arrival by I. Sazanov of Shockwave Sound. Olympus, which was the amazing piece of music that punctuated Gwen coming to her senses, composed by Ross Bugden, whose YouTube channel, again, you need to check out. Long Note 3, Perspectives, Mist on the Moor, and Angevin, composed by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com. Many soundscapes provided by Tabletop Audio and ASMR Rooms. The New Century Multiverse is funded by Patreon. And our $15 sponsors get credit every episode, so thank you too. Aaron Lecluse, Abel Savard, Alex Brewington, Angus Lee, Benjamin Hoffer, Brian Novak, Cassandra Newman, Chris Finnick, Christopher Wolfe, Kieran Dashler, Connor Kennedy, Dan Mayer, Daniel Salguero, Dan Hepner, Dave Hickman, David Sheely, Finbar Nicole, Frankie Punzi, Greg Downing, Jameis Enright, Jesse Ferguson, Joe Crow, Joel Robinson, Johan Clayson, Joe G, Josh Waster, Kat Esman, Kevin Vahey, Lorraine Chisholm, Matthew A. Siebert, Matthew Webb, Michael Hasco, Robbie Crow, Sarah Montgomery, Tima Hellas Hario, Tim Rosensky, Timothy Green, Toby Jungius, Tom Painter, Trey Contreras, and Valencia Burns. And if you're enjoying this story, you can purchase the four previous audiobooks, that's The Cartographer's Handbook, Secret Rooms, Tiger's Eye, and Arlington, on Bandcamp for between $6 and $12 each, or you can buy the set at a 30% discount. Or, if you're on the Patreon at $10 or higher, you can download the files from there as well as getting access to a metric ton of bonus content. Join up today and help the new century multiverse to evolve.